Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation on Oilers Radio. 6.30, Chad. 6.35, Brendan Escott with you on the Valentine's Day edition of Oilers Now as Bob and the team get set for road action. The Blues hosting tomorrow at 6 o'clock on 6.30, Chad. Remind you that Royal Pizza is pizza, pasta, and so much more. Get their new Two Can Dine special for only $37.95 until February 29th. It is a leap year this year. you got 15 more days. Visit royalpizza.ca. Okay, we're going to head to the university. They have not hit the road yet, as my understanding, but they will for the first time for uh, a playoff series. Uh, Let me rephrase this. It's the first time since 1994-95 that they won't host a playoff game. The Golden Bear is going to be road warriors if they're to return to the national championship after uh, this regular season to chat about that we're joined by our headliner today golden bears head coach ian herbers brought to you by wilhawk beef jerky it is the best you've ever tasted search for w-i-l-h-a-u-k today ian appreciate you making some time you are still in town right you're heading out tomorrow that's correct brandon we leave tomorrow at noon gotcha and uh, obviously a bit of a different uh, uh, vibe in the sense that uh, it's not as if you've not played road playoff games previously, but this will be the uh, first time in a long time that you have to start on the road. So uh, talk about, I guess, uh, you know, the season that led up to the playoffs so far. If you can put a bow on 2023-24 on, uh, in the Canada West, uh, how would you summarize what you guys accomplished? Well, fantastic year for Canada West. This is the strongest that five teams have been that I've since I've ever coached or even played. Uh, usually there was two or three teams that were dominant, uh, two or three teams in the middle of the pack, and two or three at the bottom of the pack. This year there was five teams that could beat each other on any given night. Uh, we've beaten all the teams, the other four teams. We've also lost to the other four teams. Uh, so it's been very good hockey for the students and the fans in all the buildings. Uh, anything can happen here. Um, obviously our consistency wasn't good enough at times, which cost us a few points. It put us in the fifth spot. Uh, but the pressure is not on us now. We're a young team, young leadership group. Uh, we get to go in a visiting building. We get uh, all the pressures of being at home and time constraints, I guess, with family and getting to and from the rink. We'll be confined to the hotel and to the rink, and uh, we'll be able to focus completely on hockey. So it'll be a good weekend in Saskatoon. Great for the fans. Uh, I'm assuming a few of our family members are, are traveling to Saskatoon to watch the series. Uh, it'll be exciting. They have a energetic building and a, a nice new building a fairly new building i guess i should say an opportunity to embrace the embrace the underdog mentality which can be so powerful for teams we've seen it across all sports but something not necessarily um you know you guys are a powerhouse team for the most part so this is a bit of a unique setting and i wonder just how much that might spark this group to to embody that idea 
Well, I think instead of sitting this weekend and having a bye, finishing with the top one or two spot, uh, we get an opportunity to play again and get right back at it. Uh, we finished our last game of the year was probably one of our best in the second half uh, against Trinity Western. We came out, our power play was very good. Uh, we scored four power play goals, I believe, a shorthanded goal, uh, and we're dominant five on five and playing the way we need it to play. Uh, we're going to have to come out with that energy, that work ethic, that drive, that compete, uh, hockey sense. Hockey's playing smart game uh, against Saskatoon because obviously they're very good. Their goaltending solid. they got good solid D uh, and their lines are all well-rounded and balanced. They play hard, they go to the net and they make it difficult on you every night. Uh, so I know you had a couple of mid-season additions as we talk here with Ian Herbers, the head coach of the Alberta Golden Bears. They're heading off to uh, Saskatchewan to take on the Huskies. So you get Connor McLennan and I'm going to call him Aiden Delegee into the lineup. Uh, I'm not even going to attempt to butcher that last name. But, you know, talk about how they've assimilated and, and are factoring in with the, uh, the existing group of Bears. Well, Aiden played a, f- a little bit in the East Coast League and obviously went to a couple of American Hockey League camps and an NHL camp. Uh, so had a lot of ex- uh, game time. Uh, came and joined us right at Christmas time. So he was able to practice with us for a couple weeks and get in an exhibition game before the season start. Uh, and he slid right into our lineup, has played very well. Uh, defenseman that can control the puck, he can skate the puck out of trouble out of our end. Uh, very gifted offensively, likes to join the play. Very competitive, uh, very passionate. So a great addition to our program. And then with Connor, um, he was playing in the American Hockey League with the Chicago Wolves. Uh, unfortunately, he didn't get very much ice time. I think he only dressed maybe in six or seven games with limited ice time. Uh, didn't come to us right at that Christmas time, came a little bit after, so he missed the, the first weekend with eligibility and everything else. Uh, and, you know, just getting his timing, playing games again. It uh, doesn't matter how much you practice or work out, playing the games are completely different. And uh, I thought he had a fantastic game, as I was talking about Saturday. He was one of the guys that played a very strong game, was very good, moving pucks, big shot, um, just a smart player, gifted player. I'm going to attempt to say this because he was at one point the captain of the Saskatoon Blades, Aiden Delagorgandier. Yeah. Awesome. awesome. So a homecoming for him in a sense that he was the captain of the Blades and, uh, you know, we'll be heading back there to play in Saskatoon once again. And you met the Huskies, obviously, in the regular season. Tell me about those meetings. All four games were one goal or an empty net or within two goal games, so could have gone either way all four games. Very competitive, great games to watch from the stands. Um, Power plays were good at times. Teams were undisciplined at times. Uh, Penalty kills were very good. Uh, Penalty kills got exposed, exposed, so it was a little bit of everything. And um, either night, it could have gone either way in both directions. Uh, Always competitive games when we play Saskatchewan and nothing change there and you know it's going to be a tough one awaiting on the other side should you emerge uh, so we'll uh, we'll wish you the best of luck in planning here for this weekend and uh, it's going to be a blast i'm sure regardless of outcome and i appreciate your time no thank you brendan Ian Herbers, head coach of the Alberta Golden Bears, taking on the Saskatchewan Huskies. Golden Bears finished up the regular season with an 18-8-2 record. And yeah, there's so much parity in U sports hockey and frankly in Canada West more so. You look at UNB, they rattled off a 30-win season. They went undefeated this year. So even if you were to come out of, of Canada West, like like UBC is the top team, so let's just, for instance, say, uh, you're going to have to go through an absolute behemoth in University of New Brunswick to come away with the national championship this year. 
sure Bob will shed a lot more light on this as things go ahead. But I did happen to pick that up on the internet the other day. There is an absolute beast in the East for whoever comes out of Canada West. Saskatchewan with a 26 uh, 20 win, six loss, and two overtime loss record on the season. You heard them. There were some great battles between those two clubs in the regular season, and you know it's going to be even better in the postseason. That is a physical brand of hockey. If you've never been to the Claire Drake, you're missing out. You're absolutely missing out. But now you got to wait till next year. So hopefully there's a, hopefully there's some interesting storylines to follow beyond this weekend as well. We'll press pause one last time and we'll bring aboard Reed Wilkins. Find out what's coming up on Inside Sports after the seven o'clock news. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It is 6.48. I do have Reed Wilkins with me, but I do have an Oilers Now prospect report as well. Brought to you by Reface Magic. Save money on your kitchen renovation. Don't replace Reface. And we'll check in with the Bakersfield Condors who played last night and are probably 15 minutes or so away from dropping the puck in Colorado once again. They won 2-1. to one. It was Olivier Rodrigue kicking aside 32 of 33 shots. And it was former fourth round pick, Carter Savoy. Fourth round or fifth round? I've got the page open. Uh, I think Why he was don't I fourth round, this? wasn't he? Was I think he, he might have been exactly 100? I think he was, was exactly him? 100th overall. Carter had one of the goals uh, for St. Albert product, and Ty Tulio, who had uh, the other goal, is, is another player to keep an eye on in the system here. Neither one of them more than 15 points. In fact, Savoy's just got 13 in 37 games. So, uh, yeah, the, the prospect cupboards are where they should be for a Stanley Cup contending team, I would contest to you. Now, Reid, uh, the, the biggest highlight for me last night, and, and I'm going out of my way to be a little bit different here because McDavid's six assists is the headline. Uh, but watching Dylan Holloway score the goal the way that he did, even seeing him get interviewed after the game, he is a big unit all of a sudden. Like, he has grown up in the last couple of years, and I think that his effectiveness could take this team, uh, not, it's not going to drive them in the playoffs, but it could be a real difference-making factor, I think, if Holloway can get himself going at that level consistently. Yeah, he, he's a bit of an X-factor because he was a first-round pick a little later in the first round, but that's the type of player you'd like to be maybe on your second line, certainly on your third, yeah. and not just you know a checker, a guy who can actually produce points. I think he's figured some things out from earlier stints. If you look at how he's navigating the offensive zone, and getting to the net and using his speed more to advance to his advantage at times is it consistent it isn't but it's crazy and bob and i were talking about this last night we are oddly enough as as well as the team is is done and let's face it this is a pretty good era for the team i mean they have been in the playoffs four straight years uh they still have a top five and not a top six because connor brown was supposed to be I certainly thought he would be. There's there's yep. the sixth guy for the top six, and instead it's he's he's dropped out. Fogel cycled in there. McLeod has cycled in there. Now Perry uh, getting now, a now look. Perry as getting a look, and I still think. Well, I like a lot of the stuff by Drysaddle, Kane, and Perry. I still feel like maybe Perry's more ideally suited to be on a, a third line at this point in his mm-hmm. career. Though we'll see how it goes. So. 
you know, in, in Holloway, as we've discussed, when I know there's a lot of trade deadline stuff, if he plays well, maybe he's the addition they were looking for because he, he missed so much time this year with the injury. I know I've got a little bit of rose-cutter glasses on there if he can play that well, but um, that was that was a nice goal. I mean, kind of just out of nowhere, just, <laughs> just I, I want that puck and I, yes. I'm putting it in, and uh, it doesn't always work when you die for like that, but that was a good play. But it's, it's interesting. I, I still... Uh, and, and Rob and I sort of agree on it. I, I realize because Bob and I talked last night, and Bob said they they got to get a forward. That's the priority. And I understand that because you can make an argument for any of the three position sets. This should be the priority. Yeah. That's the interesting thing about this team. I still think a defenseman because you're a couple injuries away from Kemp, Deneen, whoever. Uh, Bro, I mean, if, you know, after Broberg. One blocked shot, yeah. one broken hand or finger could cost you four to six weeks of Vinny DeHarnay. And then or what whoever. do you do? Yeah. Or whoever. But I understand the argument up front is do they have enough guys who, you know, just can turn into nasty human beings when they put on hockey equipment mm-hmm. and just be demons to play against, even if they don't always get points, right? And was there enough of that in the playoffs last year against Vegas? No. Was there enough of that against L.A. on Saturday night? Probably not, though. You know, I've disagreed with Bob a little bit on the severity of that loss. I didn't think it was a true 4 nothing disaster like other games might have been. No, but where I'll but, interject on that is when you're losing that game to that team, it didn't look like they were bothered as as much as they should have been by that fact, right? It's it's not like you're down to Carolina and you're playing in Carolina and you're going to Florida after the game. Who cares? This is L.A. and they're taking your lunch money and this is a team who you should be absolutely fired up to play when you're steamrolling them. So I, I didn't think that there were as many finished checks as I would have expected for a team playing the L.A. Kings of all people. That's where I would stand with Bob on that. Yeah, that, I, I get that. I'm just wondering, you know, how out of control did it get last night between L.A. and... Oh, didn't they lose 7 nothing to Buffalo with yeah. Kopitar a minus there 6? There was one penalty in the third period, Buffalo, for delay of game. <laughs> so, like, it's not like L.A. went out there and mixed it up with no, the, the Sabres. They're so, not I mean, that type of team so, until I they mean, play Edmonton. Stuff happens in the regular season where a team might go quietly or just ha- have a bad night. But I understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um like I, and I, I guess I get all the. Of course, I get the Gensel Eberle stuff. I don't know if they have if they can pay that price without taking somebody off the roster and creating another hole. Right. That's why I look at a Nick Dowd up front. Mm-hmm. You know, Duhame that Frank talked about last week. I think Elliot kind of echoed that a bit today. That's interesting. You know, Walker on the back end. Somebody who could make two million or less, and you could get the other team to retain by giving them a mid-round pick or something like that. You know, can you add multiple of those guys when you're not shooting for the stars? When you're not going to put all of your eggs in one basket, can you then uh, plug a couple holes on the roster? And that was the point that I was trying to make. If you're not going to go out and get Jake Gensel, you don't want to spend all that asset or all those assets. 
then why not pick up a third-line centerman and a seventh defenseman? And, hey, maybe try your hand at a backup goaltender if you can find a way to get that on the books as well. It's going to be a lot of fun, and the fact that they've been showing some signs of um, imperfection, I think, bodes well heading into the trade deadline because then you're not deluded into thinking it's a perfect team that was just on a great winning streak. Well, and as we've seen, a lot of times the player who gets picked up becomes on the radar late, like at home last season, right? Yeah. So no, well, you, had to, you had to give up Barry, but again, you had a replacement for Barry in Bouchard. Yeah, and I'm not saying they're going after UC Saros, but as an example, there's a guy who was absolutely not going to move uh, about two or three months ago. And now today I click open a page and, and there he is as one of uh, yeah. potential trade candidates. So this tight tends to cycle and there is a lot more time before March 8th for it to do so. i got to get to this day in Oilers history, but who do you have coming up? Luke Gazdick on mm-hmm. last night's game and using the Andy Reid-Travis-Kelsey incident, little situation, yeah. as a jumping off point. Luke has his view of the Taylor Hall Dallas Aikens water bottle splash from an 8-1 loss against the Flames and a coach and a player almost getting into a fight during a video session while Luke was with the Devils. Wow. He's got those stories. Oh, stick around for that coming right up around the corner. This day in Oilers history is brought to you by New West Travel. Join an exclusive four-night road trip to Dallas. Watch the Oilers play the Stars in April. Call or visit newwesttravel.com. We'll go back to 1986. The Oilers routed the Nordiques 8-2. Wayne Gretzky goes off, dishing out seven helpers. Sorry, McDavid. Seven helpers tied an NHL record for the most assists in one game. Gretzky has set that mark on three different occasions. The only other player to hit that mark of seven was Billy Taylor in 1947. I think McDavid will do it. (laughs) I mean, pretty hard to argue with that after uh, his performance last night. Tomorrow, we'll get you a preview of the Oilers and Blues. Bob is back in the host chair. Sportsnet color analyst Louis DeBrusque. Ron McLean from NHL Hockey on Rogers. And hey, we're sorry we didn't connect with John Shannon today for legacy heating and cooling. Whether it's heating or cooling you need. Get it with no payments and no interest for a year. That's how you build a legacy. Legacy heating and cooling. If we don't get him on the show, he'll be on the pregame. You won't miss him. Reed's got the airwaves next, but not before Thomas Dias brings you a global news weather traffic update. I'm Brendan Escott. Happy Valentine's Day. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.